breakthrough in our lives. Thank you that we have sung that we're willing to do that. Be open to what you have for us. Thank you. Thank you so much. Now guide us as we look at your word, as we've heard your word. Jeff, thank you for sharing today. Jeff's just been a good friend over the past, I don't know, five years. And as we said, it's been almost two and a half years since we had this little promotion scheduled. <laughs> and then we shut down with COVID, and finally we got back together. And I'm grateful for him. Um, I am a CCU grad. Um, Western Bible College has morphed into Colorado Christian University. Uh, so I have a little bit of a skin in the, what do they say, skin in the flesh in the skin, skin in the skin in the game. Is that it? Okay, thank you for all you cliche people. I appreciate that. Six of one, 32 of another, something like that. I'll get that one right every time. Um, but I do want to tell you about this, that uh, they are unapologetically preaching Christ. Uh, the president has been Dr. George, or Dr. Don Sweeting, and um, he was at Moody Bible Institute when I was there, because his dad was the president of Moody Bible Institute when I was there, George Sweeting. And uh, my understanding, talking to Don a couple years ago, um, is that George is 90, 95, something like that, and still preaching. Uh, all over the world just got this call of God. So I can tell you from the background that Sweden came from, CCU is in good hands. Now, he's the chancellor now. He's moved into that position. He can represent the school a little more widely, and they are searching for a president. And so... Um, keep you up to date on that. But uh, God's doing a good work there. We're grateful for the opportunity. And, and Jeff, thank you for coming and finally making it here. About time you got here. Tell you why. <laughs> He's a good friend. See him at the soccer games. And he refs and coaches, helps out and uh, some, some of the uh, Ranger soccer too. So, all right. How's your Proverbs reading going? Hey, so I didn't ask this question last week, but uh, we're on the second round now because it's now the 9th of October, right? And so you're going to read chapter 9 today. How many of you made it through the first time and got through all the way through chapter 31? How many of you did that? Well, raise your hand. You can be proud of this. This is all right, okay? About 15 of you. Okay, the rest of you could join with us. And you could be successful this time, all right? May I encourage you? read it. Take the time to do it. it it's going gonna, it's gonna to enrich your life. It will help you, and it will move you. Keep sharing those things that you are listening for and hearing as you think about Proverbs, as you think about wisdom. Keep sharing those things with me. It means so much to be able to hear what God's doing in your life. Matter of fact, I got this this week from somebody who's reading through the book of Proverbs. Surprising statistics, I can say that word too, about reading the Bible. A long study was conducted on thousands of people, aged 8 to 80, and here's some of the findings. They found this out. Not much changed when the Bible was read one or two times per week. When an individual would read the Bible one or two times a week. Not much changed. 
few more things started happening if you read it three times a week. But what they found is that if you'll read your word, you'll read God's word four times a week, and I would even say more, this is what happened in those people. Look at that. That's incredible. That's what reading the word can do for you and do for me. Now, it may not be in those percentages, of course, right? It may not be in those areas. But people's lives were changed because the Word of God is living and it's active. And it's sharper than a two-edged sword. And it goes into our insides, our spiritual insides, and it, it moves us and it molds us and it transforms us because it's God's Word. I don't know how else to encourage you to read the Word when you miss it one day, just read it the next day. But it's that important for all of us to be in the Word. Students, you read Proverbs. Go through Proverbs. Then ask your mom or dad if they read it today. Help them too. They, they need help too. But take so the next time when I ask at the end of October, more people raise their hand and said, I did it. I got all the way through the book. And it's all right to catch up if you missed a day or two because I've missed a few days too. And you just catch up again. But it's that important. So as we're in Proverbs chapter 2, some titles that came to me as you're opening your Bibles there and you got a tablet or your phone or whatever works for you. Some titles that came as I was studying and looking at different commentaries and different uh, devotionals about chapter 2, um, some called it Wisdom's Shield. Some called it the value of wisdom. Seek and find. Seek and you shall find. Wisdom received and retained. And wisdom's rescue. And we'll, we'll see those things as we go through the book um, this morning. So I'm going to help you. And you could have this chapter done today, even though it is not nine, but it'd be good to have two done too, right? So here is Proverbs chapter two. Follow along if you would. This is God's word. So valuable. My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding, yes, if you call out for insight and you raise your voice for understanding, you seek it like silver and you search for it as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice and watching over the way of his saints. Then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity, every good for wisdom will come into your heart, and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will watch over you, understanding will guard you, delivering you from the way of evil, from men of perverted speech, who forsake the paths of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness, who rejoice in doing evil and delight in the perverseness of evil, men whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways. So you'll be delivered from the forbidden woman, from the adulteress with her smooth words. 
forsakes the companion of her youth, forgets the covenant of her God. For her house sinks down to death and her paths to the departed. None who go to her come back, nor do they regain the paths of life. So you will walk in the way of the good and keep to the paths of the righteous. For the upright will inhabit the land, and those with integrity will remain in it. But the wicked will be cut off from the land, and the treacherous will be rooted out. As we said in our first sermon, as you read through the book of Proverbs, uh, this is a dad, a father, giving advice to his son. Solomon giving advice to his son. Twenty-two times, twenty-two times in the book, does it say, my son. The father speaking to him. I wrote down just some of them as I was thinking about him yesterday. It's in 1 8, 1 10, chapter 2 1, chapter 3 1, chapter 3 11, 3 21, 4 1, 4 10, 4 20, 5 1. All these different times that the father says, son, this. This is important. This is valuable. I want to share this with you. I want to, I want to give you some life-giving advice. I want you to know God's wisdom for your life. So listen up. My late father's birthday was on Tuesday. It was last Tuesday. And this passage, as I was reading it, reminded me of him as I was looking at it this week. He gave me some really sound advice and some wise advice in our short 27 years together. That's all I had with, with my dad. He died at 54 of a brain tumor. I certainly miss him. God was kind to me. Our first grandson was born on his birthday, October 6th, Chase. And when I recognized that at about 9.30 at night when I heard that Chase had been born, it dawned on me. I hadn't thought about it. I hadn't thought about it as my dad's birthday. It dawned on me this is my dad's birthday. God, you were really kind to me to let me have a grandson born on the same day as, as my father, since he's gone. His name was Charles, my dad's, and uh, so my son's name is Chaz. That's a portion of that. Chase is pretty close to Chaz, so it's really easy to get those mixed up. Chase, Chaz, whatever your name is, <laughs> come on over here, right? Um, probably the best advice I got from my dad is this. Remember names. <laughs> you think I figured that one out? <laughs> I didn't do all the things my dad said, but I did that one. He was a salesman, traveled all over the state, Utah, Wyoming. Called on little places. Called on Gibson's when I was down here on Highway 50. I remember coming down here, getting a dog from the manager of that store years ago when I was 13, 12, something a good, a good, solid handshake is really good, too. I just moved that to hugs, so it worked out really good there for me, too. But you got some good advice from your dad or a man in your life, and you've passed on good advice to your son or to your daughter, to your grandkids. Um, I think maybe the best that we passed on to our kids was this, be a servant. Be a servant. You're probably not going to play soccer all your life. Whatever sport it is, whatever thing it is. But if you learn how to be a servant while you're doing that, 
who can be a servant all the rest of your life. And that will get you places. It'll also honor God, right? But be a servant. Well, here's somebody who shared with me what God was teaching them. He said this, uh, My wife and I are traveling to Texas for a wedding. Got this on uh, Friday. As we listened to a speaker from Zambia who spoke this past week at Liberty University, he gave a definition of wisdom. He said this, It's the ability to understand life as God meant it to be. The ability to understand life as God meant it to be. My friend continued, We listened to your sermon last week, and as you say, isn't it just like God to have us hear this preacher from Zambia speak about God being the fountain of wisdom? just happens to be talking about wisdom. He was speaking to wisdom from the book of Job. But the same thing. They recognize, this, this couple, part of our church, recognize, oh, we have now ears to listen. We hear something about Proverbs or we hear something about wisdom. And they took the time to share it with me. And I appreciate that so much. You've heard my definition of what I believe that a wise guy or wise gal is. It's someone skilled or an expert in godly living. That's what Solomon wants to communicate to his son and to us today. He wants us to be skilled and expert in godly living, not just getting by, not just being mediocre, but to be really, really good at it. Solomon says, My son, If you receive my words, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, to receive, to welcome, to acquire, to accept, to catch, and then then treasure them. Make them really important. This is important. Make them a priority. They have value for you. If you'll put them into your lives. And now let's let's take it. His words now are scripture words. They're God's words for us. Okay? They're not just like us passing on that that's good and that's right, but but we're not God. No, you don't look like him either. We're not God. Okay, but but this is God's word. So we take it and we we take that and we move it into that then Solomon talking about this is what God would want for you. He would want you to listen to his words and he'd want you to acquire them. He would want them to treasure those things. Verse 2, he says, make your ear attentive to wisdom. Attentive. Incline your heart to understanding. We need to to lean into Him and then learn. Lean into Him. And from that leaning, being close to Him, to, to learn what He wants us to know. I think when you could put verses 1 and 2 together, I think it could take you to Psalm 119, 11. The thought that's going through the mind there. I have stored up your word in my heart that what? I might not sin. I've hidden your word in my heart that I that I might not sin against you. Treasure these things. Make your ear attentive. 
receive my words, incline and lean, lean into my understanding what I have for you. And we do that by, by hearing well and then to put it into our lives. We hear the word of God with our ear and then we put it into our heart by reading and memorization. I, I discovered something just, just this week. You might have discovered this in your life. I noticed that the three middle letters of heart are what? Ear. I know you may have known that for years, but I just discovered it this week. <laughs> and here is the first four letters of heart. We hear our ear, and then we put it into our heart. We, we pay attention. We receive it. We treasure it. We incline our heart to understanding, but we do that by hearing, and then we bring it into our heart to make it a part of our lives. Not just, not just hearing, but bringing it into our heart so that we can live it stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I don't know, you know, did you read Open Windows yesterday? If you did, unfortunately there aren't any more out there. You've taken them all away, which is great. Here's the last paragraph that I read yesterday. Hiding God's word. Maybe we just talked about that. We just read about it, right? Hiding God's word in our hearts gives us a storehouse of wisdom. Lights go off in my mind just as I'm reading this, even at 4.30 in the morning, right? To draw from in times of trouble. It offers endless comfort in seasons of sorrow. It reminds us of our Father's promises in periods of pain. What a treasure for those who tuck it away. She couldn't have covered Proverbs Two, one through two, any better. Psalm one nineteen eleven is her verse. Thank you, Lord. I hear. I'm listening. Listen for those things. God's speaking all the time. He's got things for you, and you see those words, proverb. You see those words, wisdom. You see the words that are here, treasure and acquire. You go, God, thank you. Just like our friends who are traveling to Texas for the wedding heard about wisdom from somebody from Zambia who just happened to be in Lynchburg, Virginia, speaking at a chapel. And they go, oh, not gold. That's Spanish, right? That's Spanish for gold, okay? They heard his voice. They heard his voice. They recognized it. Speaking to them. So verses one and two kind of talk to us about, about hearing the word, and then three and four communicate to us. They keep communicating to us about seeking wisdom. Call out for insight. I want you. I need you. Raise your voice for understanding. God, I want what you have for me. And then you seek it like silver. You search for it as for hidden treasure. Boy, I, um, 
I've lost some things lately, and I've been looking for them. And I lost a little uh, music player. It was just a little one. You know, that was a couple years ago, about 10 years ago, when they had the little music players. And, and it has all sorts of my favorite songs and artists on it. I had it down with my drum set. I would play it and try to learn to play the drums, which I haven't done for 17 years, it seems like. Um, I can't find it. So the other day, I, mean, I went through all my backpacks. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe when I was going hiking or something like that, I put it in there. Um, I went through all my coat pockets. I went through everything I could think of, and I cannot find it. Now that I'm thinking, maybe I should ask God if he would help me to find it. <laughs> I did all the work myself, but maybe I could ask him, God, would you just make it clear to me where this little thing is? Because it would be really important to be able to, to have it. Because it's just got so many old artists on it and, and, and fun songs that are on that that I really enjoy. Is that what we do for wisdom? Seek after God's wisdom? I will go for it. This is valuable. It is a treasure. I want his wisdom. If I think about this passage, it's clear that Solomon, the dad, is, is really trying to get our attention. Not just his son's attention, but our attention too. Like, like he's saying, if, if I've told you once, I've told you a million times. I know you students have never heard that from your mom or dad. They never heard it from their mom or dad either, right? If I've told you once, I've told you a million times. And, and that's what he's doing in this book of Proverbs. I'm going to tell you about wisdom a million times. We're going to get this point across. This is really important. Or, or maybe it's, it's like this. Um, it's a megaphone. Hello! That really did work, too. That's pretty amazing. I, I'm telling you what's important and valuable. It's like maybe capital letters in a text or an email. This is really important. I want you to hear it. I want you to read it. It might be like you saying, I found out something really incredible, and I'm just going to stop by your house because it's so good, I need to tell you about it. It might be like that repeated voicemail you get from somebody. Please call me. Please call me. Please call me. Please call me. I need to talk to you. That's what Solomon is saying to his son. My son, 22 times, this is important. This is valuable. Go for it. If you seek wisdom, guess what? You're going to get wisdom. If you seek for it, you're going to get wisdom. And that's verses 6, 5 through the rest of the chapter. All the benefits of getting wisdom. I said last week, if you welcome wisdom, you'll get wisdom. Today, it's if you seek wisdom, you will find wisdom. Seek and find, one of the titles that was there. He lists the, all these benefits. You'll understand the fear of the Lord, verse 5. Nineteen times the fear of the Lord, or fear of the Lord is in, this, in the book of Proverbs. Fear of the Lord. This awe and reverence and respect for God that we have for the Lord Almighty. this quote that I gave to you from Merle Unger. This fear dreads God's displeasure. It desires His favor. 
It reveres His holiness. It submits cheerfully to His will. It is grateful for His benefits. It sincerely worships Him and it conscientiously obeys His commands. And I, 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 need, to, I need to memorize that definition of fear of the Lord. That is so good. So deep. So broad. It would be so valuable. You'll find the knowledge of God, who He is, how He loves, what His heart desires. And then in the kind of in the midst of this in verse 6, He tells us where wisdom comes from. He, He gives a benefit and then He says, For the Lord gives wisdom. Nobody else gives wisdom. His wisdom, this wisdom to be an expert or skilled in being godly, a godly living person. From His mouth come knowledge and understanding. The Lord come. He's the one that gives us wisdom. His wisdom, eternal wisdom. Because He is the only wise God, according to 1 Timothy 1.7. And I think you could say in each of these things, for He stores up sound wisdom for the upright, He is a shield to those who walk in integrity. He, he makes it personal again. This God, the Almighty God, is the one who brings these things about. Christ is the wisdom of God, it says in 1 Corinthians 1.24. We seek Christ. We seek Christ with seek only wise God in man. Verse 7, I'm just going to go through these. I'm not going to take much time on each of them because I want to get back to the beginning of the chapter. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. Have you been shopping at the wisdom store lately? He's got a storehouse. An infinite amount of wisdom. And he wants us to visit his store. a shield to those who walk in integrity. Shield communicates he's a defender. Interestingly that that word uh, shield or defender has also been used in other places in the Old Testament to describe the the skin, the scales of a crocodile. What do those scales do? They protect that crocodile. And it's used in a very picturesque way when it talks about a shield or a defender. Proverbs 35 says this, Every word of God proves true. He's a shield to those who take refuge in Him. He's a protector. Verse 8, He guards the paths of justice. He watches over the way of His saints. Verse 9, He will help you understand righteousness and justice and equity. Every good path. And we're going to see some bad paths as you get to the end of the chapter. So again, Proverbs is a book of comparisons. Here's a good path. The wisdom that God gives. Here's a bad path. Verses 20, 22, and the the verses before. Verse 10, His wisdom will come into your heart. You will get wisdom. His knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. I was thinking of that that, that, that pleasantness. I was thinking of, what's what's that comfort food that you have and that I have? Something we go to. That, that it's something we really enjoy, and there's there's a sense it brings just a, a sense of peace to us. Well, for the moment, maybe not later, <laughs> but for the moment it does, right? And we sit down with that bowl of ice cream or those cashew nuts. I'm just giving you all mine here because we can, you know, that Kit Kat bar or whatever it is, right? And and there's a, there's a pleasantness to it. There there's a joy to it. We get wisdom. It will be pleasant. 
verse 10. His wisdom will come into your heart. You'll get wisdom. His knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. His discretion will watch over you. He has really good discretion. Perfect discretion. We don't always have that. But his is always perfect. And he'll watch over. His understanding will guard you. And here he gets into the evil, the evil part. It says in verse 12, he will deliver from the way of evil. And then he gives two illustrations of the way of evil. First is here in verse 12, from men of perverted speech. And then Solomon describes the character of evil men. Verse 13, who forsake the paths of righteousness. Remember the contrast, the good path? The evil man forsakes those. He doesn't want those. He doesn't want to walk in... He walks in the ways of darkness. He rejoices in doing evil. He delights in the perverseness perverseness of evil. Men whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways. And those don't sound like good guys to hang around with. Evil men who care nothing about God's way, the good path, care nothing about that. They care nothing about His wisdom. These are the things that they do. Solomon says, God says to us, if we have his wisdom, it will deliver us from the evil person. And then he goes on in 16, 19, he will deliver you from the forbidden woman, the adulteress with her smooth words. Who forsakes, again, same word is used up in verse 13 about the evil man now, who forsakes the companion of her youth. Her husband forgets the covenant of her God, this covenant she made with her husband, because she wants to be an evil person. For her house sinks down to death, and her paths to the departed, and none who go to her come back, nor do they regain the paths of life. I mean, we could take that to broaden that out just to sexual sin. Not following God wants us to in the holiness and purity of this relationship part of our life. You're going to lose if you go down that way. You're going to lose. None who go to her come back, nor do they regain the paths of life. And then he finishes off. I, I put it this way, verses 20 to 22. Wisdom brings gain. Sin brings loss. Look at this. So you'll walk in the way of the good. If you have his wisdom, you'll walk in the way of the good. You'll keep to the paths of the righteous. For the upright, those who have his wisdom and follow him, will inhabit the land. And those with integrity will remain in it. But, contrast, book of contrast, but the wicked will be cut off from the land and the treacherous will be rooted in it. If you have God's wisdom, you will gain. If you choose to not have his wisdom and his sin, you are going to lose. So let me wrap it up here in the next 10 minutes. So here's how you will walk in the way of the good. He says that in verse 20. He says that in verse 9. Every good path. In verse 20, you will walk in the way of the good. Here's how it's going to happen. Let me read verses 1 through 6 again. My son, if you want to walk in the good way, If you want to walk in the way that is good for you, receive my words. God's words. 
treasure up my commandments with you. Make your attentive to wisdom. Incline your heart to understanding. Lean into it. Call out for insight. Raise your voice for understanding. I want these things in my life. And if you seek it like silver and you search for it as for hidden treasures, all the ifs, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding of all these benefits. You want it? I do. You do too. All of us want it. But we have to put ourselves in a position to get it. We need to pursue it. We need to seek it. We need to ask for it then to grow in it. This, this aspect of pursuing wisdom, this aspect of seeking and finding wisdom is all through Scripture. I'm just going to give you some verses here that, that tell us that. First Chronicles 28.9 A dad is speaking to his son. A man named David is speaking to his son Solomon. wonder where Solomon got a lot of his wisdom. If you seek me, he will be found by you. If you forsake him, you'll be cut off forever. We know we're not perfect. We're not going to always do what we need to do. We understand. But what is the pursuit of our life? What is the pursuit of my life? To seek Him. To know Him. And He says, if you'll do that, guess what? You'll find Him. You'll find Him. Psalm 63, 1. Oh God, my God, I earnestly seek my soul thirsts for you. And go back to Psalm 42. As the deer pants for the water brook, so my heart, my soul longs for you. I want you. I think if you put yourself in a place that you're reading God's word four or five every day of the week, I think you could say to him, I want you. I seek you. But if it's You know me. 
this are with me. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And what are you going to get? The things that you need. He's going to take care of you. That's what he says. I'll give you what you need. How about Matthew 7, 24? You could sing this song. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does them is like a wise man who built his house upon the rock. You take Proverbs, you read it, you put it into practice. You're a wise man. You're a wise guy. You're a wise gal. In the good way. As Paul say in Philippians, I press on. I strain forward. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I seek it. I'm working hard at it. I'm training. I'm buffeting my body. I'm training myself to godliness. I'm doing these things because I want to bring honor to Him and I want His wisdom to live it out. I will strain forward with everything I got because I want to bring honor to Him. I will seek Him so that I find Him. Hebrews 12, 2. Let us run with what? Endurance. Let us run with endurance a race that is set before us. That's what you do when you have something you really like to do. Man, you run with endurance toward it. Maybe you walk toward it, okay? Maybe not run. <laughs> but you go that way. I have to get this done. Maybe God's calling you maybe to go back to school. And it takes real endurance to get it done. Many of you have done that. You've, you've done your work. I don't want to go for a doctorate. I didn't have the endurance to go do any more study after my MDiv. Of course, my wife said I'd have to go with another wife, too, if I got for it. So she's only kidding. Man, it was, it was hard to get through that MDiv. Two little kids working pretty much full-time. Man, it took endurance. That's what it's going to take for us to find wisdom, to push toward it, to press on to strain. Next week, we're going to look at Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. What? Does it say? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Give it everything you got, right? Jesus said that for us. He said we're supposed to love him, what? With all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Not just a little bit. Everything you got. Give it all you got. That's all I ask of you. It's just to give it everything you've got. To seek me, to pursue me. This sense of seeking and finding wisdom, finding Christ, finding God in the journey. Others that I wrote down, other thoughts that came to me. Alicia's late brother I want to want what you want, Lord. Let your desires be mine. Paul's late son. I want to want what you want, Lord. Let your desires be mine. I will seek after you. Because I want you. I want what you have for me. Count Zinzendorf, back in the 1700s in Europe, I have but one passion. It is he, he alone. One passion. It is Christ and Christ alone. Maybe you've heard this one too. 
Jesus Christ. Nothing more, nothing less, nothing else. That's what Solomon is saying to his son. Pursue him, pursue God, pursue his wisdom. This is what's important. The most important thing, there's nothing else that is as important as what this is. Tuesday evening, I had the chance to watch a documentary on the 25th anniversary of Promise Keepers Stand in the Gap. Any of you, are you there, men? Dave was there? I was there, a hundred yards from the front of the stage, all the way down by the Capitol. So with my son, five or seven other men from our church. 1.4 million men with their estimates gathered on that day, October 4th, 1997. To fall before the Lord, repent, confess our own sins, to praise Him and honor Him. It was such the documentary, you can look it up. I'm sure you can find it on YouTube as they put it out. It features some of the speakers and shots of the crowd and things like that. One of the things that they shared in this documentary is that, and I don't know the exact hours of this, but, but I thought I heard them say from like 12 to 3, the Washington Police Department did not get one call to have to respond to. As I listened to it, one of the speakers, I can't remember who it was, he said little clips of him, but he said this, the tendency of man, the tendency of man to move is to drift. Anybody know that truth? The tendency of our hearts is to drift. And Solomon is saying to his son and to us, don't drift. It's so easy to do in our world and all the things around us. But he's saying, don't drift. He's going to say in other places, don't swerve to the right or to the left. Stay steady. Keep your eyes focused on him, Christ, who is the wisdom of God. Don't drift. Well, Solomon did drift. He's human. He gets to the end and says, what's the most important thing? Fear God and keep his commandments. He goes back to what he remembered, which he says even in this passage, what are you going to get? Fear of the Lord, keep his commandments, incline your heart toward his commandments. Saturday morning, I got an email from a friend. There's permission to share this. Uh, he used to pastor in Rocky Ford, now lives in the Michigan area. And he just, I mean, you... When you, I'm going to read this to you, but you listen for all the words that we read in Proverbs. Listen for him in his talk, in his email to me. We never know exactly when and how God's going to speak to us. We simply need to be listening, I'll kind of emphasize someone, for his voice. And to be highly attentive when he does speak. Like a longtime mentor friend of mine always says to me, Chris, just pay attention. And I know that I should listen up, that I should pay attention. So why in the world is it so hard to do? 
Sometimes our great God must shake his poor head, in quotes, <laughs> could understand that, and say the exact same thing my five-year-old boy says to me when I fail to sincerely listen to him and genuinely pay attention to what he is saying. Papa, do you hear me? Ironically, perhaps in the case of God's communication, it is the Papa, capital P, the Father, G, uh, God the Father, who says this to the Son, to us, and not vice versa. Still, I know that God must feel that way a lot, and sometimes He even verbalizes it. Son, do you hear me? My Son, if you receive my words, treasure up my commandments with you, making your attendant to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding. I wish so much that I could typically and honestly respond to that question with a hearty, yes, sir, I hear you loud and clear. But unfortunately, so often that simply would not be the truth. It would be a total fabrication. You see, I so often, I do hear in a sense, but am I paying attention? Am I heeding God's advice? Am I valuing his advice? Am I in tune with the wise precepts and insights? Am I truly listening to his voice? Absolutely not. Shameful to say I know. But sometimes the truth hurts. At this time in particular, the truth truly hurts. I read that yesterday and I go, man, he just, he's got all these same words. <laughs> all these same words that we just read about. Let's listen to his voice. He's speaking. He wants to give us his wisdom. Let's pursue it. Let's seek and we will find. Come on, Pastor Simon. I'm going to finish by singing Breakthrough. That is such Maybe that's what you need this morning. I'm going to give you a chance to come to the altar and to pray and to really seek God and to seek and ask for His wisdom to listen to His voice. You, you can do it there. I understand that. But there's something about movement that helps us to stay on task and to stay on track so we don't drift. So Father, these are your moments. They've been your moments. We've been listening. We want to continue to do that. Breakthrough. Where you need to break through. In all of our lives. We need more.